So we're discussing yesterday the uh, way a tzaddik lives, the way a tzaddik interacts with the world, and how a tzaddik is someone who he has glasses from the world of Atsilus. The world of Atsilus is a world where there's nothing other than Hashem's truth that pervades all the reality. All, you, all that's felt is Hashem. And the world's beneath Atsilus, that's where there's already a sense of self. We feel ourselves, we don't feel our divine source. So the tzaddik comes from that world, that realm, and yet he comes into this physical world. And in a similar way, um, we were discussing about the two names of Hashem, Havayin and Lakim, that if creation would only come from Havaya and there would be no Lakim, so then the world would be, um, the world would, could exist, but its existence would be similar to that of the world of Atzilus, where every creature would be transparent to its divine core. And the goal of creation is not that things should be transparent to the divine core, but rather there should be concealment. There should be a dissonance between the truth and the, our perception. And we, in this place of dissonance, should bring oneness. We should reveal Hashem's truth in the place of confusion, in a place of dissonance. We're not all meant to be tzaddikim. We weren't created to be tzaddikim. That's our role. That's the role we have in this world. And uh, headlining this role is the idea of being united with others. From the perspective of Shema Lakim, perspective of the concealment of Galenis, because of that concealment, so we're all created in a way where we have, our, we have our back to each other. We all exist, I am me and you are you, and we are separate. From the perspective of Yudke Vavke, from the perspective of Hashem's truth, is only one, it's, all, it's, all, it's all Hashem's, Hashem's truth, that's, that's the reality. There's no separation, there aren't really different things. That's, that's, where we're, um, that's the general trajectory of what we're discussing. Um, but that's going to get a little more specific uh, about creation from Yukevavke versus creation from Shemelakir. Good morning, guys. Good morning, good morning. Chaim, Chaim, Rach. There are two parables Chassidus gives to, this, to portray um, the relationship between um, the. Um, result of something and its source where the result and its source are um, very close to each other where the where the, um, the where the cause and the effect have a are, are in a state of closeness where the effect is um, traceable to its source where the effect feels its work or comes from and then this is another example of something where the effect does not feel its source. The opposite. There's no comparison to its source. Not just no comparison, but it doesn't feel where it comes from. The analogy of closeness is, two, one analogy is of intellect and emotions. Where you have intellect, when you, th- when you think about something, it will bear feelings. You will feel things similar to what you thought of. You think about how Daniel is such a great, wonderful guy, and he's trying so hard to learn Torah. And it's, a, it's such an amazing thing. Makes you like him. What a good guy. But if you think about um, other things, or other feelings. So that's where intellect and emotions come in. The intellect, the emotions, where there is intellect, the emotions are born naturally. 
Then there is another example of the light of the sun emerging from the sun, that the light needs the sun to constantly uh, be attached to it, otherwise the light would stop to exist. The light needs to, to be connected to its source. Um, and when the light is separated from the source, the light stops to exist. So although um, they're both bringing up the same point, they're, both of these parables are needed. Why they needed? Because they both, since they're both physical parables, so and they're supposed to represent something divine. A parable can't possibly con- convey the whole truth of divinity. Therefore, there's an, there is something that's missing in each of these parables. What, what they're meant to convey is that Hashem Yudkevavke is the source of a uh, creation in a way where there's no. Um, Where there's no separation, where the where the created being is an offshoot of its source. If there will be just Yudkevavke, then cre- and without the concealment of Shemalakim, the creation would just be a like the ray coming from the sun, where its its whole existence is its divine source. It's is the sun. So to the godly energy in creation would be in a way that it senses its source and wouldn't wouldn't sense itself. But the problem with the example of the light of the sun and the sun is that the light of the sun and the sun um, are, are um, the same kind of... The light of the sun is about revealing the sun. The light is not, is not an entity to itself. So, of course, the light of the sun is attached to its source. It's not about itself. light of the sun is an expression of the sun. The luminary and the light are, um, are, are, are very close to each other. The light is about its source. The light is not an entity for itself. Its whole essence is revealing its source. But in the creation, Hashem, it says in the Pasuk, praise be Hashem's name because he created and because he commanded and things came to be. It means Hashem is not just expressing himself. He's something that's created. Hashem is saying, Hashem is not, is not, is not um, uh, just um, uh, causing there to be something that, that is a revelation of Him. He's causing a new entity to be there. So, that's, so the, the parable of the light and the, and the luminary fails in conveying the point of a brand new kind of existence, and yet it's still totally... Um, uh, uh, connected to its source. So therefore, Chassidus gives another example of the intellect and the emotions. The deficiency of the, of the, and the, the advantage of that, um, of that parable is the emotions are a whole new kind of entity. They're not like the intellect, unlike by the, the light of the sun and the sun, where the light is an expression of sun. By intellect and emotions, the emotions are a new entity. They're not the same as the intellect. It's something different. So that portrays how there is a new creation that's coming from Yudke Vavke. It's not like the light of the sun. It's not like the light of the sun. It's something new. And yet, although it's something new, it is uh, connected to its source. Um, even though it's a brand new entity, nevertheless, you could trace the emotions back to the intellect um, it, 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 there is a closeness that where we see closeness between intellect and emotions that where there's intellect emotions are born from them 
Um, so, there's, so there's two parables given here. And the main parable is intellect and emotions. Because what we want to bring out with these parables are that although there are creations, there are, there are things created from Yukivavke, and they are a separate entity, they, they are a new thing. They're not just like the light of the sun. Nevertheless, they feel that their whole existence is Yudkevavka. So that's, um, that's the purpose of the analogy of the intellect, of the, uh, intellect and emotions to show that even something which has no comparison to its source, it still, it still um, feels, um, it's still nullified to its source. It's like the emotions, although there's something new, they're not the intellect. Nevertheless, they're still close to their source. But the problem with the analogy of the intellect and emotions is um, um, that is that the um, is that the intellect and emotions are pretty much the same plane of existence. Intellect and emotions are both creations, they're both things, and they're, um, they're not so far apart from each other. Um, they're not so far apart from each other. Intellect and emotions aren't that, that distant from each other. They're both, the intellect is the way you understand something, it's, a, it's objective, emotions are what you feel about it, it's subjective, but they're still, um, they're still in the same kind of thing. They're still in the same kind of realm. They're not, they're not incomparably distant from each other. So that's why we give another parable of the light and the luminary, because the light is no comparison to the luminary. The light is, in, is negligible compared to the luminary. So we want to say that even in something, the point of the par- the, both parables is to portray how Hashem's light is revealed in something which has no comparison to it, and is not a, um, and it's not submerged in the, it's not, so yeah, too, too many words. Machaim, machaim. Let me summarize. The, the the deficiency of the parable of the light and the luminary is that it doesn't portray a new kind of existence. A a it doesn't portray how something that was foreign to its source. Has, is close to its source, because light isn't foreign to its source. Light is about revealing its source. The problem with the parable of the intellect and the emotions is that the, um, the intellect and the emotions aren't that far apart, but creation is. Creation is incomparable to its source. And so therefore we give the example of the, of the light and the luminary to show that even something which has no comparison to its source is also nullified and also feels its source. We're going, where we're going is that Hashem, if there will be no Shem Elokim, and all there will be will be Shem Avaya, there will be a recreation of things, and all the things that, Hashem, that will be created, will be, would ha- well, their existence will be analogous to the existence of a tzaddik. Their whole being is just revealing the truth of Hashem. They will be transparent to the divine core. So they would exist, there will be time, there will be space, but all of time and all of space wouldn't really be discernible as separate entities because it's all about expressing the truth of Hashem. It would be, all be noticeable all of creation. It's about expressing Hashem's truth. It wouldn't be about what they are. It would be more about where they come from. Now creation's primary existence is what it is. The fact that we know where it comes from is a secondary thing that we use our minds to figure out. 
But if there will be no Shem Elokim, the first reality of every creature will be its divine source. And its time, its space, wouldn't be noticeable. That's why in the base of Migdash, where there wasn't such a concealment of Shem Elokim, the place of the Ark didn't take up space. It took up space, didn't take up space at the same time. Um, but there's still something deficient about the uh, Beis Hamikdash being an analogy for the for for I'm using it as an analogy for creation from Shemavaya because in the Beis Hamikdash um, there's still space. The Holy of Holies still took up space. Just that space wasn't so hard and fast like our space, and therefore it took up space and didn't take up space at the same time. But in in um, in creation from Shemavaya, there is no, the, all there is, is you don't notice one, one, one Amma versus another Amma. All you notice is the, it's divine source. Chizg is another example to show something that's not connected to a source. And that's the example of the power in our arms throwing a ball. The power of your arm throws a ball and you don't see in the ball the energy that, may, that, that moved it. So, so it's 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 separated. You don't see it's it's where, where it comes from. That's how creation is from Kaza Shem Elikim. It, it's it's because there's a whole new kind of entity here. There's a physical movement and there's a there's a spiritual, if you will, energy. It's it's physical, but, but it's not the same kind of physical energy physical as the ball as the ball. So because it's so so you don't see in the ball the the power of your arm that moved the ball. You don't see it. It's not noticeable. Similar way, creation because of, through Shem Elokim is in a way that you don't see the divine source. That's a, that, that's what Shem Elokim accomplishes. The um, so it, creation through Shem Elokim is in a way where we don't feel our source. Creation through Shem is in a way that you all you feel is the source. So therefore, Hashem brought the inf- his infinite light to the Nimshem Elikim, through his power of concealment, so that there could be a creation that feels itself as, its, as a uh, separate reality, and yet it should come and reveal in this created reality the divine source of Yukivavti. Okay. Um, let's, let's read the Mimer inside. Let's, let's, let's try to get this inside. We're on chapter 19. I'm dying in the move on. It's not understood what we, what we said in the paragraph before. Paragraph before we're saying, Yukivavke is all about revelation and all about the Hashem's truth beyond any separation, beyond any distinction. And Shemel Akim is about distinction and separation, but it doesn't make sense. All of creation is from Yukivavke. Yukivavke means the Creator. Although the actual creation comes through the Elohim, however, the true power of creation is from Yukivavke. The word Havayim means to create. And when we say that creation is through the name Elohim, it's not really from the name Elohim, it's rather from Hashem's power, Yukivavke, which is, which is going through the veil but it's actually what's creating is Yudke Vavke, it's Shem's infinite light is, what, is what's, what's creating. 
that there's no real distinction between Avai and Elokim. Elokim is just a concealment of Yuki Vavke. It's, it's, but Elokim is not creating on its own. Elokim is just, as we learned, Elokim is, means, Elokim is always written in plural, because Elokim is about Hashem's infinite light being divided and filtered in a way that each creature gets its own life force. So what's creating it? It's Yuki Vavke. How is it creating it? Through the veil and the filter of Shem Elokim. But it's not something distinct. It's not something other than Yud Kivavke. It's a God's infinite power which is being transferred through a concealment. So if the, the, the divine source of creation is from Yud Kivavke, we must say that all the individu- individual entities that have come into being, we must say they also exist in Shemavaya. How could they exist if they don't have a source in Yud Kivavke? Yud Kivavke is their source. Where would they? Where are? Where is there? Um, where do we see in Yud Kevavke division, distinction? We must say that it exists there as well, because otherwise, how does it, does it exist in the creation? The real source is Yud Kevavke. It's just coming through Shemilakim. So how come? Why are we saying that Shemavaya has no division, no distinction, when it is a source of creation? It says in the Pasuk, Hashem commanded and the world came to be. So it says that Hashem commanded and they came to be. So creation does come from So indeed, creation could emanate from Yudkei But what will be created from Shemavaya? Only hidden worlds that are not revealed. What's the meaning of hidden worlds are not revealed? Like we were learning yesterday about the uh, ocean. That in the ocean, there are all kinds of things in the ocean. We look at the ocean, all you see is the water. It's submerged in its source. So too, if there would only be creation, Shemavaya, so all the different things that would be created will be submerged in their source. You wouldn't notice them. That's the meaning of the words hidden worlds. Their worldliness, their existence wouldn't be noticeable. All you'd see is a divine source. So it would create something, but it would create a hidden world, you, like, like, like the ocean, where all you see is a source, you don't, you don't notice the um, various things, or not just you don't notice, but as we learned yesterday, halachically, fish are considered water. They come from the water, they submerge in the source, they are halachically like the water. They're not considered a chatzitza, not considered a separation from your body in the water. So too, the souls and angels created from Yukivavke. Without there being any Shimelakim, their their existence is submerged in the, their divine source, and then their own existence isn't isn't felt. That's why the Torah uses the words, and they were created. Just like in the analogy of the intellect and the emotions, where the emotions flow from the intellect, and there's no direct effort to produce the emotions, so to the um, Creation as it is from Yudke Vavke without Nem Shemalakim would cause a creation that is sort of a, a direct representation of Yudke Vavke, not a separate kind of reality. Something that just came to be. Not like Shemalakim, where there is something, uh, where there, where, which Shemalakim is analogous to there being effort to make something new that doesn't feel its source. Of course, it's not possible to say that Hashem, um, Hashem commanded and it came to be. It's not something which happened without Hashem's will. 
But the, the words the Pasuk sound like that Hashem commanded without any effort and it came to be. The purpose of that phrase, it being, it, the purpose of it being phrased that way is the kind of creations from Havayu without Nemelakim are just a revelation of their source. They're not a separate entity. They just came to be. They're not a separate entity. Had they not been Shemelakim. What Shem Elokim accomplishes is that the divine force of Shem should be in each creature in a way that the world is revealed, meaning that you feel yourself as a separate entity. So that's why it says, when Shem made the world, it says 32 times in creation, Elokim spoke, Elokim spoke. It says again and again. Why is it the word? It doesn't say Havai until Shabbos. Why is it Elkim Elkim? Because it's it's the creation is it was done in a way where there is a concealment. You don't feel the divine source. Yes, it comes from Havaya, but you don't feel its source. The Gemara says, whatever you find in dry land, you find in the in the ocean. So just like in dry land, there are all kinds of creatures, also all kinds of dry creatures in the ocean. So too spiritually, in the divine source of the world, in Shemavaya, there is a potential to create all of creation. All things come from Shemavaya. It, it exists in its source. If there would be creation of Shemavaya without Shemalakim, it would, it would create an ocean. It would create all kinds of things that are submerged in their source. And just like in the ocean, there are so many things, so too, so many things could emerge from Yuki Vavke. Yuki Vavke, although it's infinite and not divisible, it can create a multitude of creatures. And it does. Creation comes from Avaya, and Avaya produces an infinite amount of creatures, all kinds of creatures. Not only that, in the name Avaya itself, we find division. Not just Hashem's infinity could produce an infinite amount of things, but Hashem's name itself has four letters. The four letters of Hashem's name are about four different stages of the divine flow. Just like an analogy of a teacher and a student, there are four stages. First, the teacher has to segregate what information can be given to the student. That's the yud. Then the teacher has to think about how to give the examples to the student. He has to give parables, he has to give ideas, and he's thinking how to give this, this, this kernel of information to the student. So that's the parables and ideas he has to um, give the student. Then the, that's the hay. Hay spreads out. It's, it's, there's a breadth and a depth in the letter hay. Then there's an actual transfer to the student. That's the letter vav. And then there is the student explains it to himself. The shetach makabel. That's the second hay. What's the second hay? The second hay is where the student takes information and he uses and he tries to explain it to himself. So every single pro, uh, of um, so in Hashem's name itself, there is there is there are stages. There's Yud in the Hain of Avonai. In general, the four letters of Hashem's name contain within them the energy of the four worlds. Yud, Batsilus, The first letter of Hashem's name, that's the main energy of the world of Atsilus. That's why Atsilus is an expression of Hashem's truth. The main thing in Atzilus is the Yud, which is the power of Chachma, the, which in Chachma it's revealed how Hashem is alone, nothing besides Him. And each world, its primary energy is from another one of these spheres. The main energy in the world of Bria is, a, is Bina. 
the main energy of the world of, of Yitzira is the Midas, the emotions. That's why, uh, that's why um, the uh, angels in the world of Yitzira are very excited and very emotional. And the last letter of Hashem's name, Heachreina, that's a power of Malchus, Hashem's divine utterances, the, the power of Hashem's words, that's the main energy in this physical world. And if you want to be more specific, you could find Hashem's name in each of the four worlds. All four letters of Hashem's name exist in all four worlds. But as in the ten spheres of that world, Yud is Chachma, He is on the Bina, Vabar the Midis, and He is Machos. In each world, there are four, all four. This, these four letters are about how the divine light is processed and descends in each world. And the, the way the divine flow is in each world is again, is first there is the Yud, then there is a way it, it, it's the, the, the segregation of the information that may be relevant to the student. There's the explanation where the teacher explains it to him, to, prepares to give it over to the student. Then there is the actual transfer to the student. Then there is the way the student understands it himself. As we learned in other places, why there has to be these four letters. Through these four letters of Hashem's name, that's how all the creatures of each world are creation. So that's why Hashem is called Mahava, the one who creates. Yud Kevavkin means the creator. So in Shemavaya, there are also, also details. So why are we saying that all of division comes from Shemalakim? We find the division in Shemavaya. Shemavaya has four letters, and each letter is something else. What's the difference between Avayin Elkim? Why are we saying that Shem Elkim is plural and Shem Avayin is singular? Shem Avayin also has many levels. The answer is that although Shem Avayin has many levels, all different levels of Shem Avayin, like in the ocean, it's, it's, it, like in the, in the world of a tzaddik, all of those different levels are all in a state of union, all in a state of oneness. And because Shemavai itself has this um, unity within itself, that's why Shemavai, because it is the true source of creation, conveys this possibility for creation too. That although there are many different kinds of creations in the world, they're all meant to be, and they can be, in a state of unity. So because Shemavai itself has... Deep has the potential to create a multitude of creations, and yet in Shemavaya, there's this the, the, the pervasive reality is the, the truth of Hashem, the infinity of Hashem. That's why Shemavaya is, is, is the source of creation and gives the world this ability as well. That although there's a multitude of creations, yet they're able to be, and they're supposed to be, in a state of union and inclusion. Yeah, well, any questions? Ha 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 